sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. So the reality is where filtering becomes extinct is about helping people out, uh, making sure that the stories that they hear on this podcast are legit. Um, You just heard that being in the background, um, a good friend of mine um, just lost his job. And this is a podcast where we want people to be able to listen to and say, man, I can relate to that. I can relate so much so to it that I go here for like weekly therapy, whether it's a laugh about, you know, being at home past the age of 18 or 21 or even 25, because in this day and time that's happening right now. A place where you can come and talk about politics and the ignorance of politics and what you don't know. A place where you can come talk about or even listen to someone talking about losing love or being the reason that they lost love, whether it was for cheating or uh, not being financially stable. We want to try to build a build a platform, to be honest with you. And we can't build a platform for people to want to listen to us and be honest with us and intentional with us if we can't do it with them. People always ask me, how do you get on a podcast and talk about your love life? How can you talk about your job and not having a job? How can you talk about uh, when you had no food? How can you talk about when you lost a girl that you really cared about and the relationship crashed and you talk about how you had nothing and you almost got your car repossessed? Why wouldn't I? If I can't talk about me and talk about the things that got me to where I am at this point, which is still not my mountaintop, if you will. But if I can't talk about my failures and my successes, why in the hell would I want somebody else to listen to me? Why would I want somebody to listen to this podcast? Why would I want somebody to listen, uh, you know, to, to everybody that comes on this podcast and allows themselves to be vulnerable? This is truly a podcast for people for I'm not going to say for the people, for people. This is a podcast to where if you want to try to get on and I know something that you don't, you can get it here. This is a podcast to where if you want to talk about a marriage that you was in and that marriage didn't work because you cheated or you got cheated on or because you lost your job, you can do that right here. This is is a podcast where if you want to talk about not believing in God and why you don't believe in God or if you're gay or if you don't like homosexuals, you can do that here. This is a safe haven to talk about the things that you want to talk about where you can't talk about anywhere else. This is where you can talk about church and state. Whether you believe, whether you want to vote, whether you don't want to vote, we're not here to ridicule you. We're here to understand you, to enlighten you, to be enlightened by you. That's what the reality is, is that's the premise, the foundation of the reality is. And on this show today, I have the big homie Derek Keener coming in from out of town. Derek Keener is a comedian, playwright, actor. And all around good guy. I've been knowing Derek for over 15 years and he did me the favor of wanting to come on to the podcast 
free of charge. He could have charged me. I asked him, how much do I need to pay you to make this happen? What bowl of fruit or fruit basket do I need to make sure I have in the studio when you come in today to get you here? He said, you know what? I got a show that I'm doing in Dallas that weekend. I'll make time and I'll come through. And I said, I mean, you know what? I appreciate that. And I'm strapped right now financially. That's the reality. But he wanted to come through and make sure that we good and I'm straight and I got somebody to come tell the real with me on this weekly uh, basis this Saturday. I was also blessed with the grace of the beautiful Michelle Williams. She always comes through for me. Appreciate her for coming on. We got Artesia Swindle doing the photography of this podcast. So if you whatever video, whatever um, photography or photos that you see, Artesia Swindle is behind the camera trying to make it happen. She ain't that great, but shit, she tried. <laughs> I want to thank all the listeners, man, who have been with us through the ups and downs on this podcast. You will hear that the reality is is going through a transition, but it is a good transition. We're moving in the right direction. And like I always say, without further ado, let's go up. So I can't jeopardize that for one of these hoes. I've been living Without limits, as far as my business, I'm the only one that's in control. I've been. <laughs> What's good, world, man? I'm Anthony Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. And on today's show, we have special guest comedian, writer, Derek Keener. He's been a couple of plays like Overboard with the likes of Carl Anthony Payne. Most of you guys know him from Cole on Martin. Joe Torrey, Khalil Kane from Girlfriends, and Tammy Townsend. He's also starting Comedy Dynamics on Control Comedy. And he's in the studio with us today to talk about his career in comedy and whatever the hell else we got lined up for today. Also want to let you guys know The Reality Is is being brought to you by Roberts Media Group, a media company that's pushing the envelope in media and how minorities are portrayed in the media. Roberts Media Group hangs his hat on the premise of giving a platform for the voiceless and allowing true stories that go untold. If you're listening to this and you like us, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and leave a comment. Also, stay up to date with all things The Reality Is by going to www.therealityis.com. I'm trying not to read too fast because, <laughs> shit, I just got through drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. Watering. I've been drinking. Shit. <laughs> I'm trying to get my mind right, man. But uh, we got also, yeah, we got the beautiful Michelle in here, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are yeah, you guys? You all right, Michelle? I'm doing good, Derek. Right. I'm doing good. Yeah, Derek was, Derek was just... Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Not right now. <laughs> so not, not, right now. not right not now. Not right now. No, we not. No, we not. These is just jokes. <laughs> Uh, you know what that means. You know uh, what, yeah, you ain't never lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, man. Uh, but Derek, man, I'm glad to have you come in, bro. For people who don't know Derek Keener, man, he is a comedian. Uh, he's a good friend of mine from back home, from Texas, yeah. And he's doing yeah. his thing on the uh, comedic circuit. Yeah. And uh, we're just trying to get him out here, man. We're trying to, you know, expose the ones who don't know about him. Uh, you just That's did right. a show. Uh, you just did a show last night. For T-A-B-S-E, uh, I don't know what the S stands for but I know it's the Texas Alliance of Black Educators so the S could be shitty educators I, I don't know what it stands for <laughs> but they, they paid 
oh, pretty school, sure it's school well, educator. What is I think it? It's, I think it's school educator. It could oh. be. I, I don't know what it was, but they paid me. So oh, that's, so that's that matter. on time, right? Yeah, Black Lives Matter, uh, yeah. Comedians Lives <laughs> Matter, and uh, no, it, it was it was wonderful. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you this here. I will be going back next year. I think that um, there needs to be an alliance of Black educators because um, the way I look at it, and and a lot of people look at it this way, they may not say it, but integration killed off Black educators yeah. because there was no way in the world that a white man was going to allow a Black man to tell his daughter what to do in a classroom setting and so we've we've uh kind of shifted to having all white women in a classroom and white women typically are afraid of black men so now you've got this little white woman in a classroom with these strong black males they're in there and these black boys are so they're so these niggas is eating a lot of chicken they are and and those white women don't know how to handle it so they quickly send that little ass out of class now (laughs) when they send them out of class they send them to a discipline alternative education program or they send them to ISS in school suspension I was there a couple of times now when in school suspension normally you have a black male down there what they're doing is they're saying listen black men you can handle yours when they're there but if you put us inside of the classroom you give us an opportunity to catch them before they ever get to that point point. Mm -hmm. absolutely I can count on my one hand how many black male teachers I had that were not coaches yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was only one school. for me. That was Darnell, uh, Darnell Thomas, and I, I always talk about Mr. Thomas, and I've told people about him. But I mean, and he always, and I never knew it then, but he always kind of warned me about mm-hmm. uh, not to be funny, white women. He was like, you know. Be careful, be leery. I'm you not should. saying all of them are bad. He was That's like, right. but be careful, be leery. You know, he always stayed on me and made me, you know, make sure, hey, don't just be a jock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Make sure you get out there, get an education. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And want to want to do more. Another yeah. thing that you were saying about integration was I was listening to a podcast earlier this week and it was a white guy. I think it was uh, Neil Brennan, the one who wrote for uh, the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, he was like, when segregation happened, I don't know if people really even thought that maybe black people didn't want to be integrated. Mm-hmm. Well, see, we got what we wanted, but do we want what we got? And that's what they said uh, about Martin Luther King. They were saying that Martin Luther King kind of felt like at one point that he had took his people into a burning building yeah. because yeah. they that's didn't right. know that that's how that was going to be the reaction. Yeah. He didn't know that. But, you know, once he found out that he had his people in a burning building, he tried to correct it. And that's when they killed him. That's true. You got you got to yeah. know Martin. Martin was a um, he became a little bit more radical as it went on as his life continued on and his struggle continued but once they found out that Martin was not going to take this line down yeah. mm-hmm. they were like alright we gotta shoot his black ass yeah. and that's when they did that's when I tell people all the time you know you only heard a whitewashed version of Martin Luther King absolutely have you, have you listened to the sanitation worker speech no nah. have you listened to that it's powerful Dr. King Dr. King was really he was touching on some key points and talking about how he wanted to we, listen you have undergirded your white citizens to uh, help them with land grants and land grant reform and you've taught them how to um, till the land you've taught them and you've given them colleges to go to so that they can yeah that, that just cut me off okay there we go um, you've alright so I can only hear out of one side now yeah that's what mine was doing oh okay well it's back you? and forth okay yeah listen hey I'm good with it okay, now we'll yeah, it's good. Break. But, but what the thing is, is is Dr. King started to realize man listen they been telling us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps while they've been actually uh, financially supporting those white citizens or white immigrants and whenever Dr. King said we want our money and in, and in essence he said he even said it during his I have a dream speech yeah. we are coming to cash our check 
that's when they said, okay, this yeah, this nigga's tripping. Nigga is getting out of line. This nigga's tripping. That's real. <laughs> that's definitely real. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's part of the reason why my son goes to the school that he goes to now. So he goes to the Barack Obama Male Leadership Academy, which is full of black male. Educators. So he already has a role model. Okay, yeah, all right, this one. He got to. <laughs> God, I want to tell. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let. Oh if he wants to tell the story, <laughs> oh hell <goodness>. no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no the. Um, when my son was about in maybe third or fourth grade, I had the opportunity to meet Principal Nakia Douglas, who's the principal at, uh, thanks, who is the principal at the uh, Barack Obama Male Leadership Academy. And um, he spoke so. I don't mind. He needs to be out the door. (laughs) My son just walked in. Yeah, we're trying to figure out me if he's able to sit in the studio. Nope. Nope. (laughs) No. All right, all right. I just wanted to get that out. But um, I was so inspired in the and 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 the passionate way that he spoke about um, his vision because the school, the school hadn't started yet, or maybe it was their first year of students, yeah. um, and and his vision for these these children and what he wanted um, what he wanted them to be and to aspire to, and uh, and so I brought my son up to him third grade. I was like, you wait three years because you can only apply middle school and up, okay. and we're gonna be knocking at your door. And every single year, I was like, hey, don't don't there. forget don't forget about me, um, but. Yeah. It's so important, especially with our young black men, um, to have images that combat what they're seeing in media. Lord, and you have spoken so yeah. like that. The image, yeah. seeing is believing. It is the yeah. reason we don't have black male teachers right now. Mm-hmm. You don't see them, so these children don't believe that's something that I can be. Yeah. No, it's true. They see it's drug true. dealers. They see basketball players. Hell, every every eighth grader wants to be a basketball player. Yeah, you know, or a football player. Mm-hmm. That's and what the parents are allowed. That's all they see. They yeah, are because they think it. it's going to be a put that put meal put, put the uh, book down. Yeah. Did you did you practice? Yeah. Well, see, crazy. the thing is, you have to you got to know your babies too. Yeah. I, like my son, we he played football this year. <laughs> my son sorry as hell. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so you were like, we need uh, to. Shit, get, we gonna have to we get these books. It up. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get these books. I done yeah. bought him everything <laughs> academic. You know, because yeah. man, my be, my baby, my, my <laughs> man, from the highlighter so, to the to the brother, uh, brother to I got the him the dividers. You know, index cards. Oh shit, yo! Listen, I got a video right now. My son. What's that word? Big. There you go. <laughs> man, he's sorry as hell, man. I'm telling listen, when I when, <laughs> this is so funny. It's a true story. I went to the game to watch my son play football. I don't live in the same city as my son lives in. And so I go to Houston to watch my baby. And I got a proud number one's dad shirt on. You know, mm-hmm. number one is my son. I, I'm proud of it, man. I got the little eye black. Me and him done put it up under our eyes. And they put my baby in the game. And and, and I and I damn near cussed that coach out, man. You don't take my baby out of the game. <laughs> Not put him in. Man, not put him in. Take, Take his ass out. out. After I saw my, they gave my baby the ball, and I know the people, the listeners can't see this, but my baby had the ball in the backfield. This is what he did. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> he just stopped doing so the <laughs> <laughs> so by the end of the game, I took the eye black off and wrote another one on my jersey because so I was like, think, number, 11 number eleven is 11? killing. Now number eleven gonna be something. Yeah, my baby needs to be a coach because his ass can't play. <laughs> so I know a lot of people are probably like, uh, who is Derek Keener? 
Uh, how did he get in the company? And we jump right into it, and I love it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I just wanted to, I want you to tell him what made you want to get in the company. I didn't. I didn't know. I, I wanted to be an actor. All I wanted to be was a funny actor. I knew I was funny growing up. It was just I like being funny. Yeah. I just, I just, I like, I like telling stories. And then I found out that my family they were great storytellers, and you just, I just know how to tell a story, right? Yeah. So I don't have jokes. I don't, I don't know jokes. I know true stories. Yeah. So I wanted to be a storyteller. So I went to school at Prairie View Annum University. And I had a theater scholarship uh, up under the tutelage of Mr. C. Lee Turner. I was a Charles Gilpin player. And Mr. Turner brought me into his office one day and said, Derek, I think you ought to be a comedian. I was like, man, I ain't no damn comedian. I was like, I don't know how to tell no jokes. And so he said, Daddy, you've got to try this. I tell you, we had a play at Prairie View called New Faces. And what New Faces was is you would take all the freshmen and you would get their talents be it singing, dancing, poetry, whatever it was, and you would surround the, their talents around a play of upperclassmen. Yeah. So no freshmen could ever be inside of the play. We could do our talents around it, but we could never be in the play. Well, Mr. Turner told me that I needed to do stand-up comedy because I hadn't come up with a monologue. I hadn't come up with anything to be a part of, you know, around the play. Yeah. And so he said, you have 24 hours to come up with some jokes. And I, he, he brought me in his office and said, not, 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 not tell me a joke, Mr. Keenum. And I told him a joke and he said, that, that shit wasn't funny. I was like, well, you, you, you was the one that you said, up to this. yeah, you said do, you this. said do this. So he said, uh, he said, I'm gonna give you 24 hours and, and you better be funny in front of the entire class. Put me in front of all of my classmates. Mr. Turner literally fell out of his chair with the jokes that I was telling. Mm. I didn't know how that was going to go. And then we were 48 hours away from the actual play. Two of the upperclassmen were not doing well. Mr. Turner called me and Ronnie Hall in and said, I'm going to add you all to the actual play. You have 48 hours to learn your lines, learn your blocking, the whole nine. Mm. Plus, get your jokes together, sir. And that birthed inside of me what what I feel is a beast today. And the reason I say that I've I've been from that moment I've gone on tour with uh, the stage play Marriage Material. Yeah. So I'm out on tour with Alan Payne, T. Boz, um, Tank, Jill Marie Jones from Girlfriend. Tank was so, his fine ass. Oh, sorry. You gonna stop that? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna disrespect this body right here. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you're real talking disrespectful about my body right about now. Uh, <laughs> And I don't like it. Uh, so now what that did was learning those lines within 48 hours. When I went out on tour with Jacarius Johnson's um, marriage material, Jacarius handed me a script. And he said, Derek, learn this, learn this script. I'm taking you out on tour, but we can't practice with you. Mm. We will not practice. You're going to go out in Detroit. You're going to watch us for a weekend. You'll have your script. You'll learn it. The very next week, you're going to be on the stage. Mm-hmm. And 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 I was and didn't miss a beat. But that's the thing about it. I mean, when you have a passion for something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm even talked to that like with Michelle. We've mm-hmm. talked about like when you have a passion to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get Michelle. it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just check. <laughs> get your hand I off got her leg. It, it, didn't, it didn't touch her leg. But you know, I touched her arm. But you, to make show, because yeah. I remember one day she came in here. I think it was you and Gabby. Yes, and they both came in and it was like Gabby breasts were showing. And she I had, had my legs on her <laughs> I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful right now, but I was like, it's just a lot of titty and thigh, and <laughs> I'm just I mean, trying to. I don't know where I need to be looking at without being disrespectful. Ooh, shit, like church of chicken in here, yeah. like a box of chicken, thighs and breasts, and breasts everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like chicken. I don't like this chicken. I like the chicken that's actually listening to me out there. You know, mm-hmm. my my baby, if she listening. <laughs> Yeah, if she listening, Artesia, fix your damn face. Don't <laughs> fix your face. My baby listening. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh, I can't. I can't say. B a y b e. This nigga so crazy. <laughs> so how does it feel? That's one of the things I always talk about when you think about like comedians. Uh-huh. You, be, you, you know, I have people <clears throat> who come to me and they be like, "Hey, I want to tell jokes. I feel like I can write some good stuff." And I'm like, "I don't know if it's that easy to cross over into that lane." It ain't. And telling a joke like amongst us, like I know sometimes people listen to the podcast and they be like, "Man, you funny." I'm like, "Yeah, but I would never try to write jokes mm-hmm. and get on a stage and create." It's that. different, yeah. Jack. It's a different thing. So my whole thing to you is like, how, my question for you: How does it feel to make people? laugh and tell us about a time when you really didn't knock it out the ballpark oh oh i got i got some stories now there's not a comedian on the face of this this earth who can say that they haven't bombed yeah right so um my first time on an actual comedy stage was in st louis missouri it was at the west oak towers i'll never forget it i was working at gc services upstairs i was a bill collector which i actually quit that job because i called me and i was like well i ain't got it so (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah nigga that ain't the job for you um but it was um i went downstairs and, and it was open mic night and they had a competition, and I killed the competition. This is this, this is when you say kill the competition, I mean a standing ovation, um, standing ovation. Here we go, standing ovation. The guy comes over, he goes, "This guy is the next Eddie Murphy." He and, and my head went, "You got to be shitting me! <laughs> I'm good at this. I kick everybody's ass." <laughs> well, needless to say, they invited me back on a paid night, and I went back on the paid night. <laughs> and nobody laughed. Mm. That laugh that you had before fin- telling that sentence let me know that they didn't. Yeah. Nobody, nobody laughed. I didn't understand. Yeah. What I, I, I was just funny a week ago. What happened? It, it became, it became like a drug. Now I've never used crack or cocaine, but what I've heard is that that first high that you get. Yeah. It it you all you're always trying to you know get that back again. Mm-hmm. Well, well, when I bombed, I wanted my high back because yeah. mm. it didn't it didn't you know this is that's not this can't be what this is about. Yeah. It's got to be about that first time, and I've been searching for that high mm. ever since. Is to I just want to be high, and when I get it, it's it's a wonderful feeling to be high. No, no bullshit. It's it's. I'm high. Yeah. Like last night, got a standing ovation. I was high. Yeah. Um, a week ago in Indiana, in front of Michael Collier, I was high. Yeah. I got a standing ovation in front of him. Yeah. In Baton Rouge at Southern's uh, homecoming this past year, I headlined a show with my friend, one of my best friends, and my mentor, Earthquake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Earthquake hugged me and said, "Yo, you saved the show today." Mm-hmm. I was high. Yeah. yeah. Like I so it, it's it feels if you ain't never been high, that's that's what it is. I've been high before. High. Mm-hmm. You know that good buzz, like that perfect buzz. Yeah. Shit. That's it. Where you can sleep good. Hey, listen, <laughs> sleep you can do everything good on a perfect buzz. Fuck. Everything sleep. on a perfect buzz. <laughs> tell the truth. And you can tell a lie and make it sound like a truth. On a perfect and that's it that's what it is. Yeah. It is it's um it's a high. It's damn near, you know. And I can it's like that. it's like a it's like a perfect kiss, you know? Is it? 
Yeah. This nigga needs innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Whatever. Yeah, that's it's like uh yeah, you know the right the right fullness of a lip. Hey, that's just full, enough. Fullness tone. of a lip. No, no, it means just, it does, just it enough. You ever kiss the white woman? <laughs> it's like trying to you lick. ain't never lie. It's like trying to lick. You know how you like, trying to kiss a pencil? Uh, ki- uh, you know how like when you at a barbecue and you got got the sauce and or you eating a taco mm-hmm. and all this meat falling out and you try to eat You're it up off to, the paper. That's, that's, that's what, what it is. Like you just can't quite get it. You know it's there. Yeah. I've, I've had trouble in my life kissing white women. It don't work out. The last one that tried to kiss me, I ain't gonna bullshit. It was so funny. She she grabbed at my lip and bit the bottom. Oh, they always do that. Yeah. <laughs> they always do that. Hey, and I like, just look like at it. They you? love the fullness of your lips because they don't have that. Oh. And absolutely. And but, she, good, but wait, did y'all see the um the Mac picture where they just took a picture of a black yes, woman's lips and she got so much and she racial, got so much yeah, like so much racism. yes I love black like, women's lips like yo lizard ass yeah. lips how you gonna talk about these full <laughs> they want them though did yeah. you see the lady that yeah. just died from that show oh she yeah had all, she, she had the did she got had the deal. her ass yeah. wanted to be black yeah they got, I mean you know what and they actually even show it cause you know a lot of times how <clears throat> some white people try to call us monkey and mm-hmm. whatever and you know they yeah. got mm-hmm. the pictures of the monkey's lips and the yeah. white person's lips and it's like yeah. your lips is more more like like this, like this than than ours. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, to go true. with that. <clears throat> so, have you ever tell us about a time like that you've had a heckler? Have you had a heckler? Absolutely. First uh, heckler I ever remember having was at Green in Greens Point at this uh, comedy club called The Joint. This is in Houston. Now Greens Point, they call it Guns Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you ain't you ain't bullshitting. Yeah. No, you ain't mm-hmm. bullshitting over there in Greens yeah. Point. And we from you know we from Texas County. Yeah. And so uh, where people think crime is non-existent, but it's in the top it, five it, in Texas. It is in the top oh, five really? Texas. And yes. so, oh. and so I ain't no punk. You know what I mean? I'm not a gangster, but I'm not a punk either. I'm a grown ass man. Yeah. And so I, my, I was married at the time and my mother-in-law was in there watching me. And, uh, and I may have said something about my mother-in-law and this guy said something about my mother-in-law hmm. and the crowd. Ooh, well, you know, yeah. at this point I, I got to get you. And so I, I, I got him. And he went back and forth, but I kept getting him. At the end of the day, let's say he got up and walked out mm. and went to his car, grabbed a gun. Oh, sh- The uh, owner of the comedy club, a man named Artist, one of the craziest men I've ever met in my life. I love Artist, but this nigga is a fucking <laughs> fool. Uh, Artist came back up to the stage, handed me a pistol. Oh, shoot. That's real. And Artist had a pistol. He was like, man, that motherfucker coming here tripping. We got him. I was like, we got him. Bitch, I, don't, I tell jokes. I don't shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, he's, he said security got him at the door. Nigga got a gun on him. Uh, you take this one. I was like, God, I got to. You mean I got to actually shoot a motherfucker over <laughs> some jokes? Was it a revolver or did you have a clip? Well, a clip. No, it was a clip. Oh, that's good. Because I finna say you only get six shots with a clip. You get what, about 12? Listen, I don't know at the time I wasn't in the gun. <laughs> he, he like, you get all this technical. I don't care. Yeah, listen, first off, I don't even want your fucking gun. You shoot him. <laughs> you do the shooting. I tell the jokes. And so, yeah, I mean, I've had hecklers. I've had people try me. And, and the thing is, as a comedian, here's the thing that you don't want to do. You don't want to get the D.L. Hughley label, which is he's only funny when he's talking about somebody. Yeah, mm. You don't want that label because D.L. Hughley is actually one of the most brilliant minds we have in comedy. But people know him from, he just talks about people. And that's not the truth. Yeah, You have to really go to a D.L. show, listen to him. He's very, you know, um, thoughtful. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an intellectual comic. He's funny. People don't like him, but I love him. 
one of the first major comics to ever give me a break. I love mm-hmm. him. Even if he didn't, he was still one of the guys that I looked at. Yeah. But so, yeah, I've had hecklers and uh, you just don't want to do that shit no more. Yeah. So on my, I have a question. Um, so I, I would imagine that a lot of the reason why some people don't like D.O. Hughley is his jokes. If he goes outside of that range, yeah. they can be too high. Yeah. And, you know, listening to you speak, you sound, you know, very, very articulate, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like you have to, like, bring your jokes down sometimes? Dumb it down. For example, mm-hmm. last night you were at Tasby, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you could, you know, give them a different level of jokes than you could if you were, you know, at the juke joint. In. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this here. <laughs> what I've, what I've found, I've, I found a uh, happy medium. Mm-hmm. A smile works anywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you know, in the hood. You don't have to be on Wall Street. Yeah. You know, a smile works anywhere. And I found out how to make people smile anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't have to dumb down a smile. That motherfucker is contagious. Yeah. And so when I get on stage, I, most of at Tasman, I didn't, I didn't dumb it down. That was an intelligent crowd. Yeah. Um, now, if I'm in, uh, what is that place out here in Dallas? I can't even think of the name. In Arlington? Of it. No, it's in, it's in uh, Oak Cliff. Coach's Corner. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> Some, there are times when, when I have to set the mood so that I don't have to nigger up my jokes. Yeah. Mm, that's real. I have yeah. to set the mood, and, and, and I have to know Can you give an I'm example at. of that? Like, what do you mean when you say set the mood? Once I get up there, I tell you what I'll do. I'll stop. You know, I, I love to play music before I go on stage. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll stop. It's very, it's a very thought out process. I'm glad yeah. you're asking that. <laughs> uh, so I'll stop. I'll look at the crowd. I won't say anything. Mm-hmm. I'll just look around, and I'll say good evening, mm. and and just start by speaking. Yeah, I'm not trying to be funny. I just want to speak right now. Mm-hmm. I want to set the mood for you to listen. That's real. So that I can say what it is that I need to say, and you'll be able to hear me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out doing jokes in the church. People in the church come to listen. That's what you do. You go mm-hmm. to church, you listen. Yeah, ain't no question and answer period. Yeah, ain't no. Well, you got to holler back period. Like, go ahead, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the club, in the club, yo, you with your friends, you drinking, you talking. I have to set the mood for them to listen, so that I don't have to nigger up my jokes. Yeah. So that's what I do. I just talk. I never. Then I hit your ass with the funny. That's real. Yeah, when you first did the one in church, I think I heard you in Texarkana, and I was like, I don't know how this nigga's gonna do this. Yeah, I don't know how he's gonna pull this off. And then I remember when you came up to uh, when I was going to A and M in Texarkana, mm-hmm. and I remember you coming up there and you would tell jokes in uh, <clears throat> in the lunch area. Yeah, yeah. And I would be like, yeah, because I remember at that time I was dating <laughs> one of the track girls, Peach. You remember Peach? No, I don't remember you don't Peach. Remember? Well, I you don't saw remember if I Peach. asked you would see her. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to say. That's how most, if she in track, her name is Peach. I'm yeah, putting yeah. two and two together. I mean, that's yeah. how most people know it. They just knew from ass mm-hmm. but I remember he would come up there and he would do that and he would do it at the school he would do it at the church and yep. like to be able to do it at the church and not use a curse word and then everybody's still laughing and still mm-hmm. engaging because you know in church church is a place where they're going to judge you off the bat Yeah. and for him to be able to do it and do it you know the way he did it I was like alright man I'm going to step out there I'm going to step out there with this one so I toured with David and Tamla Man for about two years and uh, you know doing church jokes yeah. church is mm-hmm. all clean and Tamla gave me a great compliment uh, they were getting they were doing their 20 year or 25 year wedding anniversary yeah. at on a rooftop here in Dallas and Tam said Derek I want you to uh, host mm-hmm. our um, uh, the reception because you're the funniest comedian that we've had mm. now I've appreciated everything that they've ever done for me they're good friends really they are uh, I actually quit doing church comedy 
after that. I can't say necessarily quit, but you know, I don't like doing church comedy anymore. Because is it because it's restri- it restricts you from being able to go the full range? Not necessarily. Now, because I'm very edgy. Yeah, I'm going to walk on that edge, and I want your asshole to just. Tighten up, just <laughs> perk up a little bit. <laughs> I want you to be in church going, you going to cuss. <laughs> that's, like, that's how I want you. But the church thinks that you should volunteer your services. Oh, fuck, man. This is how I, and, and I'll tell you, if it were not for that now, and they also want you to be, have a humongous name, yeah. but then they don't want to let you in so that you can show your talent to get that to get name. to that point, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they, it's a hand-picked thing, and so I don't, I don't play that game, because yeah. I'll cuss your ass out. <laughs> It, where you, where I'm like my mama. Where you, where you fuck with me at? That's where you gonna get it at. Yeah. Now you act a fool. My, I, I, my little brother, shushed me in church one day. Sh- I, now you want to talk about a pet peeve? Don't shush me. And damn it, I'm a grown at. Don't you shush me? And when he shush, I said, man, what the fuck is you shushing about? Hey, your brother is a pastor, a preacher, right? I wouldn't give two shits if he was a dog catcher. <laughs> The nigga shushed me. Don't you shush another grown ass. That, that is rude. I remember that. I remember. I remember <laughs> to shush yeah, a grown ass that man. Yeah. You shushed me. A motherfucker shush you. That is a little different. I mean, you have, even in the it's, movies. Even in the movies, I don't like it. Do you see how that, did, did you see how that made like your inter- ass feel? Yeah, it's like interrupting. It's yeah. like, yeah. Even like I said, being in the movies and people doing that, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're, because I know in the movies, I don't even talk a lot. But like sometimes you may say something, you have that person to be like, shh. And it's always a white person. Then yeah. you don't never know who it is because they'll yeah. do it real quick and turn off. And it's like, bitch, I see you looking at me. I know that was you. Absolutely. Like, fucking looking. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I love the church, and, and, but I just, they need to, they need to pay. They really mm-hmm. need to pay. Um, and, and and you have, it's not turned me away from the church. I love the Lord. Yeah. Um, what it's done is this made me look at him differently. I still got religion in me. When he said, I love the Lord, it made me want to say, he heard my cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it's just it's I just that thing. far gone, mama. <laughs> yeah, like, like my, my parents know, you know, if you ever talk to me, most people see me as, oh, that's the comedian. He don't have no sense. Yeah. Nah, man, I got a lot of goddamn sense. I just don't be fucking with people like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But the church needs to, they need to start paying because what will happen is you'll start pushing people away from the church. If, if you, I go to church like this, dressed the way I am today. Yeah. When I when I say that the reason I do that is because everybody cannot afford three piece suits. I got mm-hmm. I got blazers in the car right now that I just took out the cleaners yeah. that I wear for shows, yeah. but I don't wear them to church. To church. Um, it's people that come in there that are sick that need help, and they they feel you feel less than going. If you was just coming from the gym and you seen a lady going out um, to the uh, to a ball, you wouldn't feel right. Yeah. Talking to her because mm-hmm. of how you look. Yeah. yeah, it's even going on like going on a date. Like mm-hmm. if you go on a date and if I'm taking Michelle out and she yeah. came over all dressed up and I got on like this, like mm-hmm. I'm dressed for the movies, but she's dressed for a nice dinner and dancing. After, you're gonna be like, yeah. you really going somewhere with that? Mm-hmm. And, and you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And that's how I feel about people at the church. I dress to where those that are sick will want to come and talk yeah. to me. Because yeah. if if you go to a bar and you look like there's something wrong, yeah. it's a motherfucking bar gonna buy you a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Now you go to church looking bad. The people at the church normally don't offer yeah. you any, and so I dress that way, you know, because I don't. It's a lot of stuff I don't like about the church, but my mm-hmm. heart, the church is inside In of my me, heart. So, yeah, so that's I, where I, that's where I try to help out at. But you know, I don't. Um, 
I know I went off on a whole little tangent, but nah, I just don't bro. like doing I mean, jokes at church. We talk about everything. Yeah. So you good? I did want to talk to you about what do you think about this whole Cat Williams and Kevin Hart beef? You uh-huh. know, I talked because I called you a couple weeks ago uh-huh. when we were setting this up, and I was like, uh-huh. hey, you know, you got a lot of people talking about Kevin Hart uses other people's jokes and he steals people's stuff, mm-hmm. and you kind of gave me some backstory to that. But what do you feel about like Cat Williams coming at Kevin Hart with this beef? And I feel like it's primarily because Cat Williams did kind of pave the way for a lot of people still, <laughs> I, I think, but okay. he. He was one of those people who was doing the movies and stuff like that, but he could never get to to Kevin's level yeah. because he don't follow rules. He's man. in his own damn. He's way. in his own yeah, damn his own world. Way. He's Paul Mooney. Yeah, that's yeah. real. He's Paul that's Mooney. Real. He's he's so brilliant mm-hmm. and he knows it. That you just nobody will work with you, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are Paul Mooney is one of the most brilliant writers we've ever had. Yeah, I yeah. went to see him a couple years. But back. he's so he's so he's so abrasive. Mm-hmm. And also, Cat Williams has tap cast, or typecasted himself. Like he has this pimp shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, what can you see him in? Just like a regular, I'm or gonna Pepsi, be a dad. A Pepsi and, commercial or yeah, anything. Like, no. really Every role he played, even in like he played a pimp. He played a pimp. He played uh, even uh, what was that show he played on? Um, where it was like Heavy D on there. They played in the garage. It was like Pop Wheels. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah, the name uh, of it. But even on there, he was a mechanic, but he still said pimp shit. That's shit. right. Yeah. With, with uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner, yeah, was that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I know the one. You, and Malcolm, Eddie Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cat Williams, um, he does this every few years or so. And let me just give you some inside information that I got before the media got it. And I just saw it out today. But I found out probably about two days ago, uh, Cat Williams called Kevin and apologized. Mm-hmm. For the whole shit, that video he put out? All of it. Now, uh, I was in the comedy store in Los Angeles on Sunset two years ago in May, around May the 20th. I remember that because it was my dad's birthday and my agent had just kicked me out. Now, I was living with my agent, but she kicked me out. Anyway, the Monday night, I went to the Hollywood Improv. Cat Williams was there. And and Dave Chappelle, beautiful night, right? Yeah. I went, damn, you know, I'm a comic. I just watched these two motherfuckers tear it up. Second night, it's uh at the comedy store. Dave Chappelle performs. Kevin Hart performs. Kevin Hart, I mean, uh, Cat Williams is there. He doesn't perform, but he's there. Dave talks to Kevin. Kevin is sitting right in front of the stage. Dave and Cat are talking to Kevin from the stage in front of everybody, and I'm I'm like this because I'm excited, excited, you know. Yeah. I'm seeing some giants. Yeah. And 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 I, I I'm like, I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. And Dave and Kat told Kevin, hey man, heavy is the head that wears the crown. That you are suited for this. I'm listening to this shit. You are suited for this. You're the one that's gonna, you know, take this comedy thing to another level. I'm I'm watching, I'm going, yo, that's deep. Like this is some beautiful ass shit. And I watched them sing his praises. And and when Cat did this whole call out thing, I just laughed like yeah. Look at these charades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is it's it's a game of charades for this guy. He called out Steve Harvey. He called out Jamie Foxx. What Cat Williams wants to do is he wants to make comedy basketball. And it's not. What I mean by that is he wants to have a one-on-one game yeah. with Stephen Curry and LeBron James to find out who's the best. Mm. That's what he wants to and do. That's what he just that's the offer he just did with Kevin. That's yeah. that's what I'm that's what he wants. And so it, this is not basketball. You know what I mean? This is we it's an individual sport. Basketball takes a team, but he wants to show who's the greatest one-on-one in the world. Now, joke-wise, Cat Williams will murk Kevin Hart all day long. Cat's much funnier than Kevin. Yeah. 
Kevin is a Kevin is more likable. Mm-hmm. That's what I was about to say. He's gonna yeah. lose our fan base alone. It, our mm-hmm. fan base alone. Yeah. Kevin is more entertaining. Kevin is Kevin has an appeal that appeals to all versus some. Yeah. Cat does not like that because he feels, well, I'm funnier than him. Mm. Well shit, Gilbert Arenas could shoot the shit out that ball. But he didn't do shit right. You see what I'm saying? And, and that's and that's Cat Williams in a nutshell. It's like, yo, he can shoot the shit out that ball. I didn't even know he had that kind of money. When they showed the video, when it when it zoomed out and it panned out, and I saw the Ferrari, I was like, "This nigga making that kind of bread?" Oh, oh, nigga, it's some money in comedy. <laughs> oh, it's some money, money. And that's what they were saying it's about. <laughs> they were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and they said yeah, that. Yeah, it they is. Were like, Private school money, you know. Yeah, and it's <laughs> get him right. You know what I'm saying? Get him over there to uh, what's that school over there? Yeah, Barack there? Obama. Uh, uh, get him up daycare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leadership for the day, not tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Nigga, we're going to get you right over here. <laughs> no, it, 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 they, these guys make a lot. Yeah. When I say, I, all right, so I you know, I was privy to some information because I live with uh, my agent. And she's an agent to the stars. And so a particular star who's not even an A-list celebrity, who's not even top 30 black comics all time, I'm on her laptop typing up some stuff. No bullshit, man. And, you know. I see what you know these other comics are making, and I'm going. All right, let me, let me just take a peek. It, it is what it is. I, I'm, 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 I'm nosy. Yeah. Don't leave your shit out around me. I'm nosy. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so I looked in it, man, and this comedian who he's funny. He's got it. Got a name for 15 minutes. What just what do you all think he was making for 15 for a show? A 15 a 15 minute show? 15 minutes. Uh, if they based off what I've heard with Kevin Hart, I'll, at least fifty grand. No, he was about twenty five. Twenty five. I mean, that's still. Oh, good I was for going. 15. I was going to guess five hundred dollars. <laughs> well, you must be on the. No, that's below the chit. What's I below the chitlin' circle? Yeah, that 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 that's definitely below the chitlin' circle. <laughs> 15, 15 minutes. 25, 25 grand. Let me learn how to make some jokes. What do you think about Hannibal Burris, man? Because I've heard a lot about him coming up. He's doing a lot of work. Right. And I've watched him. He has this new release on Netflix. I, I haven't been able to get into it. I'm going to put it like this. His storytelling is okay. And if I had to rate him 1 to 10 on being funny, I would give him a 6. Okay. And I just I, I haven't heard a lot of it during the you know with the black community about Hannibal Burris because it's kind of yeah. like you said about Kevin Hart. I feel like yeah. he's not even well rounded for everybody. I feel like he's more geared towards white people. Who Kevin? No Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. Absolutely. And now I'll tell you this here. Um, so the night that I saw uh, at the Hollywood Improv, this is my first time seeing Hannibal perform. This motherfucker was funny. Can I get some water? Hannibal was funny. Hannibal did a joke, and it was this became one of my favorite jokes. He did a joke about adopting kids from over in Africa, and uh, he did it, and they and they brought the kids over to Vegas. So the kids, you know, they from Africa, man. They don't have good running water, and Hannibal say, "But we bring them to our desert." Mm. In our desert, and in our desert, we play with water. We got water shooting up out yeah. the damn, yeah. you know, at the hotel, like yeah. with lights yeah. on. The- Shit was so funny. I was like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah. Somebody explained to me who he was, and I was like, "Yo, I did a competition against Hannibal before. He didn't even win. I didn't win, but Hannibal didn't win either." Yeah. 
I think the guy is funny. Hannibal had been doing that Bill Cosby joke for years. That's what he, they talked about. That I heard that on. Uh, He'd been doing it for years. It, the, it got some traction, and people feel like Hannibal brought Bill down. There are tons of comics who've done a joke like that. It 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 sparked something. Yeah, but you can't. But now can't Hannibal it. has capitalized off of it. He's definitely capitalized off of it. But it's not his fault. I mean, Bill, Bill was out there fucking bitches and telling bitches to come home and fuck with me. <laughs> you know, it, it was, um, yeah, you know, it, Hannibal, I, I think the guy's funny. I don't think he's our next great thing. Yeah, no, nah, I, I wouldn't either. He's funny. Funny is subjective, though. Funny is subjective. I just, he told, I know when I was listening to him on another round and I had to go ahead and look at it, he said that there is an app to the stars. They'll say, so you know, like for mm. people like us or myself, Tinder, you have Tinder mm-hmm. for dating. Mm-hmm. He said it's something called Raya. Mm-hmm. And I know people who listen to the show gonna go check it out because soon as I saw it, I was like, let me go Let's look go at this. this. But it's like Raya and appreciate it. And Raya is basically Tinder to the stars or Tinder to people mm. who are making a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a whole login and it, it, it basically talks about how it's for the creatives in their field. But it, it's it's a good thing, man. And I learned something from listening to him at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know we got, we got some feet. Seen black turn to burgundy. Hunted over my norm greedy. Stuck inside the belly of the beast. Can't you please pray for me? Get God on the phone. Said it won't be long. I see jiggaboos. I see styrofoams. My hood going brazen. Where did we go wrong? And this is where we normally try to turn it up a little bit. We're going to talk about some relationships. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about a lot of shit that black people don't like to talk about or be honest about. And I know I was talking to uh, Michelle. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a, got cold in my chest. I feel like a baby. I need one. Cold in my chest. Yeah, you so country. <laughs> right. You so country. Oh, well. Oh, well. I mean, that's, that's what, what we, we said. I got, got a cold in my chest. got cold in my chest. <laughs> cold in my chest. <laughs> 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 What where, they say up there? exactly is it in your chest? Like, like if, if I had to pick an I don't, area? The, no, okay, no, I don't need to. I don't need to. <laughs> well, you was asking me. You were rubbing on yourself. Verbally, right? I just wanted to oh, okay. use yourself as a model. I thought you was need, using a demonstration. Need, no, not right need, there? No, okay. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> But we, uh, I was talking to Michelle earlier this week, and we talked about what was the question that you posed to the uh, Dayton so, Black group? Yeah, so um, I was asking. Um, Hold on, what's the name of the group? It's, I don't think it's called Dayton Wild Black. Is it, is is, it, is it, maybe it is called Dayton Wild Black. Black. Oh, it is called Dayton Wild Black. My bad. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Obviously, I don't know. My bad, because I, I heard you, and I was like, yo, let me hear that again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Dayton Wild Black. So it's a, basically, it's a group of just, you know, single men and women that. Uh, talk about different topics. So I asked, um, you know, men tell women that it's important for a woman to be physically attractive for them to be attracted to them. To them yeah. Um, but women are always like, nah, you need to like me for me, da 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 da. And they kind of brush it off. Um, and vice versa, women tell men it's important for us to be able to see some type of financial security or stability in you. And men automatically hear that as, as, oh, she want me for my money. She's a gold digger. And so the question that I posed was, is there balance in those two statements? Like when, when does, when do we take self-assessments and say, well, shit, if I ain't dated anyone and, four years maybe it's because I need to brush my teeth and lose or do 50 something. pounds exactly. or you know if I can't get a woman to take me seriously maybe it's because I'm not in a place where she feels like she can find some security or stability in yeah. me um, and so the responses that I got back were you know if you do anything you need to do it for you and da 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 it's blah, bullshit blah, blah. I, yeah 
So that so that was the question. So the I question. feel like when it comes to women, I mean, when it comes to men, mm-hmm. we look at women, and I mean, a lot of times we see sexual things. I don't think, unfortunately, some women may say, "Oh, that's misogynistic," but I mean, it's just a man being a man. I mean, we see women, and we see sex. We see breasts we see titties we see uh ass we see lips we see thighs we see everything and i i feel like i'm describing a a hot plate the way derek is looking right now <laughs> like the way derek is looking right now but you know we see those things and it's not to be disrespectful but it's like before looking at a woman and seeing that she has substance how do you know that before the conversation mm-hmm. you don't so i think it's okay to say as a man that you see a woman as these things but that's not where you limit you know what i'm saying yeah. what you see a woman as it's just like <clears throat> Excuse me. I got cold in my chest. <laughs> when you do that, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them things where I feel like, yeah, it, you're going to see a woman as such. I think, like you say, we need to learn how to be intentional, being honest. A lot of times people, especially guys, they want to sound or say the things that they think women want to hear, especially mm-hmm. in these kind of groups yeah. or if they come on on the show. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But being real, you look at a woman, you say, damn. You don't look at her and say, damn, that's a nice brain. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, that's a nice ass. That's some nice titties. As you get to talk to her and maybe a first date or a second date and you learn mm-hmm. about her personality and what other things you bring to the table then you can make a full uh you know a, a well-rounded decision on if you want to continue talking to this this person yeah. with women i don't think all women want a man to be rich mm-hmm. i think they do want financial uh, you know financial stability they want to know that they have somebody to come home to or if you get a home the home is going to be there yeah or if they you know everybody knows that you lose a job or you get laid off mm-hmm. i've experienced that but you still as a man there should be a woman wants to date a man who knows that even if he loses his job things will still be maintained in this household yeah the whole house is not going to go under. We've been used to eating steak and lobster. Maybe we can make it off noodles and bologna or whatever the case may be yeah. until you get back to that point because a relationship, a marriage, anything, a friendship is going to be ups and downs. But what type of person am I getting into it, mm-hmm. you know, a situation with to know what I can withstand? And I, like you said, I think it's just disingenuous, you know, for people to say these things that, oh, I think you should do what you need to do for you. Yeah. Or like I told you, like we talk all the time about people saying, oh, I want a man who will wait for sex or I want this type of man. Mm-hmm. But have you looked in the mirror and saw you? yourself yeah. as a guy have you looked in the mirror and saw yourself to see what you're asking for yeah do you align up with these things that no, you're asking real. for that's do you have real. these things that you're asking for yeah that's real see I, I feel like you're you're getting into a business relationship when you start going xyz yeah. has to be yeah uh, for a woman to want financial security i'm all for that I don't. I see nothing wrong with no. it. I've never seen anything wrong with it because why would you want a broke ass man? You it, honestly, why? Why do you want a broke ass man? You want a man who can at least do some things for you. At least get your plane ticket. At, at, at the very least, yeah. listen. At the very least, be able to bring something to the table. Now he may not. You may be so financially secure. You may work for Exxon as a woman. You might be one of the presidents at Exxon out there in Galveston, and you I can't might be bringing that. home. You know. 360 with a $40,000 Christmas bonus every year. He might be a general manager at Or Chevrolet. 80000 at least. $80,000 okay. with a potential, you know, $15,000 Christmas bonus. 100000 okay. I'm, I'm not, you know, we're not, that's yeah. good money. No, it is. I mean, it's good yeah, money. Yeah, it's great. It just, you have to find out who you are, what yeah. you want, and if, and if you're going to make that man be a man based on what he makes. Mm-hmm. Versus based on his core values. Yeah. So now. And I think that that's important to to separate those two distinctions that I don't think that uh, at least a woman of character, she's not looking for, oh, well, he don't make six figures, so I'm not talking about it. She's looking at the fact 
Is he stable? Yeah. Cold in your chest. I got cold in my chest. Cold in your chest. See, to get into a relationship, I feel like you need to know who you are, right? You don't know who you are. You won't be able to fulfill whatever this obligation is in this relationship that you have. For me, I know that I was a terrible ass husband. Horrible. It's a horrible husband. Um, I, I went to work. I worked. I brought my money home. I cheated all the time because uh, I could. Because I felt like that's what I wanted to do. And I, I just, I was not a good husband. Yeah. I wasn't there emotionally. Uh, I wasn't there spiritually the way that I should have been. And so, get out of this marriage. Now, the the way, what happened to me to make me see beyond physical is I got with a woman, and it's still with this woman to this day. And, and to be honest with you, I really feel like God said, I'm going to show you a black ass. <laughs> now, you done, you done sat here and done all this to somebody who actually loved you. I'm going to show your black ass that you're going to stay there with this woman. I don't care what she puts you to. Your black ass is going to love her. Yeah. <laughs> love her. Something serious. Like, I've, I've gone through shit in this relationship that I wouldn't have put up with from a side bitch. Yeah. You understand me? <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> if I was your woman, I'd be like... No, 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 no. Seriously, no. But but she she she's she's yeah. she really is a great woman. Yeah. But there were things that I did that were, uh, you know, little innuendos, bullshitting with another woman, or yeah. texting another woman, yeah. or or meeting up with a group of friends and knowing there was a woman that I kind of wanted an interest in. Yeah, that used to be my MO. I used to do that whole that thing. Shit. Yeah, and so and so now I'm dealing with a woman who you know, nigga, she don't really even need you. Yeah, she just kind of wants you. Mm-hmm. But motherfucker, she got options. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted her. Yeah. And I and to be honest with you, I was such a dog when I met her that immediately, imme- immediately, immediately, I had I had about five different women I was dealing with yeah. at the time. Immediately, they all got cut. Yeah. I, I, there was no conversation with them. They all got cut. My heart immediately went to the woman I'm with right now. Kanye said it best: "One good girl is worth a thousand bitches." Oh my God! It was, <laughs> bruh. I mean, I, I had my pick of the litter. I, yeah. The things were looking up on the comment. Everything they, they were going, "Oh, Derek is the," you know the. Yeah. But when I met her, it was like, I don't want nobody else. Yeah. I I learned how to love in this relationship. Mm-hmm. I learned how to forgive. In this relationship Do you think it's important for Because I've heard the saying From older women That women need to find a man Who wants them more Than they want him Because men Ooh. are I've had about four people Tell me that this week Yeah <laughs> Like it, this week it, alone That's real though That is yeah. That is That is very accurate Very accurate There's another part To that statement That people just forget about When you find that man That wants you Because you do need a man That wants you more Than you want him mm-hmm. You want you a faithful man Yeah when you find his ass, he's not going to be six foot five, yeah. have, you know, six million dollars in the bank. He's not going to be all that dream shit you wanted. He's going to be a man that will do for you like no other man mm-hmm. would. Give you his heart, give you his time, like he, give like you his preaching. money. Yeah. It, at, on, the, at that point, that's what you have. His dad a preacher. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, uh, I'm about to say, he know he want to hoop uh, a little bit. When you <laughs> get that man, no, no seriously, when you, when you get that man, you have to treat him like he is your dream man. Mm. Because if you don't, you will ruin the best relationship you could have ever had. Mm, so true. you need a man that wants you more than you want him. Mm-hmm. Cause if not, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, 
you really will. It's always gonna be. It's always gonna be more women for men, mm -hmm. and I think you have to have something that makes them feel like you. You know, like he said, you are that one. Yeah. And like you said, too many times I feel like I, I know I hear women. You know, women friends talk, and they talk as if a man should worship them. And I'm not saying that men shouldn't worship women because mm -hmm. I heard, I forgot who said it. I saw a post somewhere and they were like, I think it was Aaron Green, uh, Gary's cousin. Mm -hmm. And he said, if God made women and women make man and everybody else, then maybe God put us here to protect women while they work. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't really put enough value on women, especially black women. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I heard another podcast this week where they were talking about and it was a white guy that said this. And he said, I, he said, black men treat black women like white men treat other minorities or mm -hmm. black men. That's mm. real. It's and true. when he said that, yeah. I said, what? And, and and they were talking about he was and one of the guys was like, I bet, you know, people was ready to whip your ass because it's probably like, how dare you as a white man say this? But it, it was the first part. But he was like, when you say the way white men treat black men and we do. And, they, mm -hmm. and he was like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, we don't really put too much value in them. You know, we'll pick them up and use them as we need them. But yeah. we don't keep them long term. We don't have to have them long term. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like and, and you know, they, they kind of, you know, the debate went on to where it was like. Like, well, what race of man values their woman the most? So I'll start with Michelle. If you just off what you know, mm -hmm. we don't know everything, but just off what you see on TV, because a lot of times when we get ready to make these kind of decisions, sometimes yeah. it's subconsciously what we're thinking because we all mm -hmm. are fed, you know, fed by media and yeah. music and everything else. And if you had to think, I know for me, if I had to think who treats their women the best, it would be Asians. Yeah. Asians or some kind of foreigner, you know, maybe mm. Indians, not Muslims, because, you know, yeah, they I, beat and kill their women over there. And, and, and somewhat of Africans as well, if you know the African it, culture, yeah. They, yeah. they do value. They like a lot of women, though. It depends on it. Depends. It depends on. Yeah, yeah it, it depends, depends on. Yeah, it's just hard because, to because go I, with. I mean, we had this conversation when Gabby was here. I've dated Nigerian men and they treat. Oh, my God. You are so beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> You are a goddess. Yeah. For, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh shit. Well, shit let me now. Let me. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this here. I talked to my cousin Jamie yesterday. Mm -hmm. Jamie, uh, she lives here. Uh, fashion designer works for Nordstroms. I mean, like she's going to be moving to New York in two years yeah. when they build their Nordstroms in Manhattan. Like they're transferring her. Jamie and, and I have a cousin named Antoinette. They are more like sisters, but yeah. they're cousins. Antoinette met a guy. Mm -hmm. Antoinette told me when she met the guy, she said, "Derek, he is not my type." Mm -hmm. I like him, but he is not like he wasn't tall. Yeah, he wasn't you know just all muscular. Yeah. She's like, and she's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. She goes for a certain type. She said, "I'm gonna go out with this boy. Uh, I want you to come with me mm -hmm. if you don't mind." We went to a Rockets game, yeah. Houston Rockets game. This guy is the talent coordinator for the Houston Rockets. Mm. Doesn't look like see yeah. what I'm saying. See that? Hmm? So, she, so she changed real quick. Like, well, it wasn't oh. even that. It mm -hmm. was how he treated her. Yeah. They're now married. He also works for the Houston Texans now. Mm -hmm. Have a beautiful daughter, but he wasn't her type. Yeah. Jamie just met a guy the other day. They went out on their first date. Jamie had been in an eight-year relationship, and the, and the shit was fucking terrible. Yeah. All right? It was terrible. Jamie went out with a guy the other day for the first time. Uh, they had their second date last night. On their first date, he brought her flowers, brought her roses. She went, nigga, this is the first time any man has ever brought me roses. 
he's not her type. But you say this though. What you saying that? Another thing is a lot of people say, oh, you know, bringing roses or buying flowers. That shit is basic. <laughs> but if it's never yeah. happened to you, yeah. it's not basic. <laughs> or if you've yeah. only saw it on TV, but mm-hmm. it never happened to you, like eating in the park. That's the most basic shit. Yeah. But if a man has never took you to a park on a beautiful day, mm-hmm. got a picnic blanket, went and either made the food or bought the food, yeah. got a bottle of wine, has great conversation, and entertains you out on in that park for an hour or two. That's some shit you ain't never did. It's better yeah. than sitting at the movies. Yeah. It's better than going to a basketball game yeah. because it's one on one conversation mm-hmm. and it's in, and I tell it's you more intimate about than going to Benny Hanna's. That's about it to is. say intimacy ain't just fucking. Yeah, no, it's not. Oh, it's real. more than that. Yes. Yeah, no, that's real. That's so yeah, so 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 men men we are attracted to what we and and we don't all like the same thing. Yeah, you know, it could be real. eyes, it could be toes, it could be mm-hmm. hands, whatever your thing is. I like the girl's knees before. I. <laughs> I don't know if I never like knees. Now, <laughs> what you, it, need, it leads up to that. Yeah. that now, muscle. what you do on them. But. I can't. What I'm not going to do. Now, I saw Michelle face immediately. <laughs> the devil is like, alive. Is this nigga really going Shit, she grown. She know what it is. Uh, you know, it, whatever you like, that's your physical thing that you yeah. like. So there's nothing wrong with that attracting you to that woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like a car. Like, shit, there are all types of cars out there on the road. I like it. Uh, it's not to degrade women. I liken women to cars. Yeah. I can go on a car lot and I'm looking at the cars and you know yeah there's a dream car that I have yeah. yes I want a Bentley I can't afford that yeah. what I can afford is this very nice Honda Accord yeah. and if I treat it right that's my fucking Bentley yeah. mm-hmm. so now I cannot go get Tika Sumter I would love to have Tika Sumter you know in a fantasy world but I can't afford Tika that's what I was say it may just be financial because I know if you put Michelle, me in a room it's red here you see what I'm saying I ain't <laughs> <laughs> what that bank account look like? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but but the thing is, like, yo, you, 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 as long as you treat what you have mm-hmm. the yeah. right way, yeah, you know, it can That's become right. whatever you want. You get in some people's car, they love it the first week, they still got the dealers tags on that motherfucker. Then six months later, you get in there, you got to move shit out the front seat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I keep me. mine pretty pretty clean mm-hmm. all the time. I remember when I was riding around when I had my Honda before I bought my new car. I always still, I just had to get rid of it because I was like, okay, it's it's too much work going into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to get, but I've always tried to keep it up because especially when the business started taking off and doing this, because I was like, I can't pull up to a business meeting with paint chip all on mm-hmm. my car. And, and the, that's how it is in relationships. Yeah. When you have to put too much into it yeah. for the shit to work, it's time to let it go. Yeah. That's real. No. That's it's real. time to let it yeah, go. That's it, 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 here's, here's a question I pose even on stage as a comedian. If I like you and you like me, why is this so difficult? I always yeah. say that. Why? Why? It, yeah. nothing, it shouldn't be that difficult. It should it not be that. If, if we really are saying the same thing and we really want each other, yeah. we may have a different approach or a different way of going about yeah. certain things. But if we both want the same, why is it so, why is it so we, different? We're going yeah. in the same direction. Why, why is this journey so fucking hard? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of answers. Like, I think that you, you know, you got to look at people's past, what they've been through. Like, they bring all of that with them. It's not just, if people came just in their purest form, then yes. Yeah. If I like you, you like me, then should be easy but we don't come in our purest form but I think but you, you gotta want be to, honest too it, when, you, when you're honest are you okay with dealing with that man's or that woman's honesty yeah. are you okay mm-hmm. with accepting all of the black marks that they have on them and yeah. if you're okay with that are you willing to walk with them through this because I see potential in you if we can get you over this hurdle mm-hmm. and am I willing to see it all the way through yeah. to get you over this hurdle mm-hmm. I'll work with you to get us to this point yeah 
It's not an easy journey. No relationship is an easy journey. Mm -hmm. But am I willing to accept the fact that I'm going to have to put some work in? It's not a struggle, but I I have to put some work in. I have to have some sort of super level of understanding in order to not just go Johnny Bird on your ass and just go left and be like, fuck this nigga. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. But I think a lot of times, too, people, like you said, I think it's about being honest. And a lot of times when we sit down, like I know I can sit at home by myself. And I know over the last two weeks, I've really been thinking about myself, about myself, about my surroundings, about the people around me, about my relationship. And I'm like, what? Why are things not going the way that I want them want them to? Some of it is me. I could say that primarily with like relationships. Mm -hmm. But far as like, let's let's just say business. I mean, the reality is we're filtering becomes extinct. The reality is platform is changing. That's real. And I had to look at it and I was like, is it me? Or is it some of the people around me? Mm-hmm. And to me, I felt like it was more so people around me. In my relationship, it was more so me. Mm-hmm. In my day-to-day life, my thought process has not been right. You know, a lot of times it's like a lot of people have told me, Anthony, great work with the show. Keep going. Keep going. Keep pushing. But I doubt myself sometimes. When you left out on the break, you know, Derek was like, I like the setup. I watched videos. I looked at the website. You, you doing good job? You doing a good job? But for me, when I'm at home by myself, I'm like, "Fuck, this is hard mm-hmm. to try to to balance all these egos and balance mm-hmm. all these personalities and balance this." And you'd be like, uh-uh, "Is it me?" It's the same way in comedy. And I was gonna ask you. That was one of the questions. I was like, <laughs> Yo. "How important is it to have the right crew around yeah. you? Bruh, because not only super. are we talking love relationships, you got to have friendships, mm-hmm. and it, the the crew around you is important. Yeah. Man, super important. I want to give up." I want to quit, bro. I want to quit this shit every ass. You guys, I want to I quit. quit every fucking week. I'm I, like, you're fuck not the this only one. shit. It's too complicated to get all of this shit going. You want to, you want to know. You want. I'm gonna tell you what makes me want to quit. I can't say it's the same for you. I'm gonna tell yeah. you what makes me want to quit is the fact that I know that what I'm doing is fantastic. I know it's great. I know it's right. I know that I'm really good at it. Yeah. I've been on levels where yo, I can stump with the big dogs, and and I mean that literally. Yeah. But I'm not being paid what I need to be paid in order to be that financial security that a woman needs. Mm. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I understand that if I keep going, I, I can I can make it. Yeah. But reality and reality is so fucked up. Reality start, starts to set in and I don't even like reality. I don't like it. Reality sets in and you go, you know what? I'm 35. I um, I really want a family. Um. Man, I, I let me just go and go out here and get this job. You know, I'm a, I'm a work I'm a work real hard. I'm still be able to do my career and, and I'm gonna balance this relationship. But the reason I'm going to get this job is so that I can balance this relationship. relationship yeah. You know, because I want my woman to know that, man, baby, I'm gonna do everything I can to make us work. You know, I I, I break my hands, I you know break my back. I want to do all that, but then that 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 starts to taper off. On your dream, yeah, mm-hmm. and and That's what real. your ultimate goal is, yeah. and so now this becomes so secondary, and I don't want comedy to become so secondary, secondary yeah. because it's my career, and I see I see it as being a lucrative career. Yeah. But do I drag my woman down with me until I shoot off like a rocket? Yeah. What do I do? I want to quit because I I know that there's a chance, even and I don't even like you know I know people say don't speak that out into the universe. I really truly feel like I'm going to make it, but there. 
there is also that chance that if I don't, how much time do I waste? Because this ain't the damn NBA. I don't get drafted. You don't go 35. My knees are bad. I can't tell jokes no more. Hell no. You tell jokes up until you 80. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? No, and that That makes me want to quit. No, and that's the same thing, bro, because it's the same thing for me. Um, You know, I I told Artesian, I think I I talked to Michelle about it at the party, Mm -hmm. the party I had for my birthday last year. And I was just like, you know, since December 25th, since December 25th, I was like, I've spent a certain amount of money, a certain amount of money that financially, like, it's a risk to do that. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, okay, you start putting this money into a business. You look at the people around you Mm -hmm. and you say, are they putting in the effort that I am? I'm not asking the money, but the time. Are you coming to me with ideas before I come to you? Because at the at, at the reality is, I'm putting you on. Yeah, you ain't putting me on to this shit because I know this shit. This is my shit. I'm putting you on, and that's why I've always had respect for people like Michelle. I don't have to say. I, I text Michelle one time. Hey, are you able to make it today? I can make it. And if she ain't, she'll say I can't make it. It's not a hold out to the end of the week. It's not a hold out to next week. You know what I'm saying? It's like when and if she has an idea, she came to me and texted me. Hey, I think I feel like people are lying. I feel like people. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, it's so hard to find people that are like, I want to help this person because I see effort and I see talent in this person. And not to be funny, anybody who knows me, anytime I promote anything with the podcast, I always promote we can all get on. Yeah. It ain't about me just doing we can all get on. But what are you contributing to mm-hmm. this? So for me, like you said, I want to give up when I feel like I'm carrying people and nobody's carrying me because it's going to be days where I'm going to fall. Absolutely. And when I fall, shit, are you going to are you going to make sure I don't hit my knees? There's nothing wrong with you feeling that way. Yeah. I was on the radio with Earthquake for two years in New York City on WBLS, the hottest station there during uh, Wendy Williams' old slot. Earthquake had people that he wanted on the show and they were not willing to work. He asked me one time. That's all he had to ask me. Every day I had topics. Every day I had, hey man, here's what you need to be doing. Every week I was, hey Quake, what do we got going on coming up this week? Who's going to be? And he was like, yo. That's what you need. I don't have to drag this guy. He realizes that there's an opportunity. opportunity. And and I'm going to, you know, I'm pushing him just as much as he's pulling me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what do you do? I mean, because you got to look at that. What do you do? I know for me, like financially, I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not rich, mm-hmm. but I, I'm footing this. Yeah. So if I'm footing this, bring me a topic, mm-hmm. bring me a song that we can play. Mm-hmm. Do you know somebody who can edit? Do something. Do you got ten dollars to put towards whatever? You yeah. know, yeah. having three or four shows last year, footing the whole bill. People mm-hmm. showing up, people showing up late, people, and you be like, fuck, I want to give up. You can't yeah. take this, and you then you have to come in and act like the shit doesn't bother you because you don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, people like, you know, I have a couple of people. I had a business meeting Sunday with a group of guys. Hopefully, you know, you'll hear from them next week to where I'm trying to expand. Mm-hmm. And it's like the thing that I loved about the business meetings that I've had lately is like they are eager to do it. Yeah. And I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing, though. And like you like you said earlier, you have to be intentional about who you're around. And I think that, you know, because I'm the same way, like yeah. I pour so much into people you do? And, I, and I pour so much time. And and there's a there's a point especially like women like especially single moms like I want to see you be successful I want to see you excel because you look at me and you think I got this shit together because you see my name here and you see me leading this and you you make it just and it's just like you don't even know what happens when I go home you don't know how many times my son has made dinner for himself because I've passed out tired because I poured into you and I can't even pour into my kid you know what I'm saying and 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 so I understand like you know what I had to realize is that 
this is a, this is as much as I can give. Yeah. And I, and I'm willing to give it. And but anything beyond this, if you're not going to do anything with it, and if you're not going to reciprocate, I can't give I can't no more than this. It. I can't. And, and and that's the the place that I had to get to with um. I mean, with just some of the women in my yeah. life is you just realizing that look, I want to see you be great, and I'm going to pour as much as I can into you. But I need it back. But yeah, but I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for what you're giving. Yeah. But the funny thing about it is, and I this is the thing that I always try to, uh, and I love having this this conversation about black people. Mm-hmm. We uh, and this goes on to Chris Rock on the monologue and Obama being, and we always want somebody to take us to the fucking promised land. Yeah. Well, what true. are you giving? No. Yeah. Now you have to be so elementary with this. To where people understand it I hope you don't mind I got a story That I want to read you Go ahead yeah. This is so fucking elementary As to what we're talking about The story You, you guys remember the story Of the little red hen I vaguely Here it is This may be this some exactly Texas kind of shit about. I'm about to say This is going to be country <laughs> As hell it's you ever, Wait You know when somebody Goes to some country Because their accent comes yeah. back You ever heard the story Of the little red hen Oh yeah shit That's what we're doing right now That's what we're doing Alright so check this here Once upon a time There was a little red hen Who lived on a farm She was friends with a lazy dog A sleepy cat And a noisy yellow duck One day the little red hen Found some seeds on the ground The little red hen Had an idea She would plant the seeds The little red hen And her friends Who, who will said to her friends who will help me plant these seeds no barked the lazy dog not i purred the sleepy cat not i quacked the noisy yellow duck then i will said the little hen which is uh said anthony (laughs) (laughs) so the little red hen planted the seeds all by herself when the seeds had grown the little red hen asked her friends who will help me cut the wheat not i barked the lazy dog not i purred the sleepy cat not i uh quacked the uh noisy yellow duck then i will said the little red hen said anthony so the little red hen cut the wheat all by herself when all the wheat was uh, cut, all that. Let me get to this other part. <laughs> this is long ass story. Scrolling. Long ass story. <laughs> so then the little red hen asked her friends, who will help me bake the bread? Not I barked the lazy dog. Not I purred the sleepy cat. Not I said the uh, quack the noisy yellow duck. Then I will, said the little hen. So the little red hen baked the bread all by herself. When the bread was finished, the, little, the tired little red hen asked her friends, who will help me eat the bread? I will bark the lazy dog. I will purr the late the sleepy cat. I will quack the noisy yellow duck. No, said the little red hen. I will. And the little red hen ate the bread all by itself. See, the problem is you got all these motherfuckers around you that act as if though they want to be a part, but only when you become successful yeah. do they want to put in some work. Yeah. So all this work that you talking about putting in, you that little red hen, this shit, they told us this shit when we was kids. Yeah. Yeah. They be hiding messages in, on your ass and you just don't be seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this story and I see people people around me all the time, all the time that only want to help me eat the bread yeah. I got somebody right now that said oh you need a personal assistant I was like I do so how much I'm making bitch how much? you ain't even talked about the work you gonna exactly. do first yeah. but you know what and that's real that you did that because when I had the conversation with Derek I saw I forgot what I saw and it made me think of Derek and I was like hey I, you know I hit Artesia up because she does all the consulting work mm-hmm. and I said I need to find out how to get him on the show and I was like you know what you've always been working let me call mm-hmm. so I called him we talked and I said, hey, I know you work with Earthquake. I know you've done things and been on stints with like the Mike Epps. I know you've been around the Kevin Hart's. I know you're still working to get on. What do I need to pay you to get on the show? Mm-hmm. Do I need any liquor in the, in, the, in the studio? <laughs> what do I need to have? A basket or something? Because I know that you work hard. You teach and you do this and you do that. Yeah. I said, so what do I need to have? And he said, 
I don't need you to give me anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, first of all, yes, I know people. Yes, I've done some things. I'm not where I want to be. He's like, maybe down the road, you know, and I would still help you with a good price. I wouldn't beat you over the head. He was like, but at this moment, I don't need anything. He's like, I listen to your show. I think it's great. I want to help put you on the people I know, and you can help put me on the people or make people aware of what I do. Yeah. And I said, bro, I fuck with that. But if you change your mind, mm-hmm. you need money, drink, or anything, let yeah. me know so I can bring it in. Same thing with Michelle. It's been times where Michelle hit me up last week via text, and I, I, I got it. Not to be funny. She texted me and she was like, hey, how you doing? I was like, I'm doing good. And she's like, well, uh, I may not be able to make it next week, uh, but I wanted to know what did you need from me if, I, if I'm if i able to make it? And I said, well, you know, I, I need somebody to help me with the podcast, maybe help me set up so on and so forth. And she's like, well, I may not be able to make it, but what I'm saying is how much can I financially contribute to what you're doing? How do I pay? And I said, you know what? With I, some bread. I said, I didn't even, <laughs> I said, I wasn't even expecting that. <laughs> I said I wasn't even expecting that and I said I appreciate that mm-hmm. because I have had people who have been with me for over a year now ain't paid shit ain't offered shit said they would do something and didn't do nothing yeah. and honestly I've gotten to the point where even if they get mad I, you know me I'm, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck yeah. you can be mad stay where the fuck you at be mad mm-hmm. but I only want people around me that like I said before who are going to pour into me and I have the right to ask that we preach reciprocity all the time on this podcast literally preach not talk yeah. we preach it and you have the right Michelle to say you know what I'm pouring into all these girls what you do you put me on to uh the, the leadership conference last mm-hmm. year to do photography you told me about other things i wanted to get in there you told me how to do that you always ask me what can you do that's what i need around me mm-hmm. i can't you you, you you know anthony got some patience that you, nigga got long hair that's, you, that's patience you understand me bro when i grew my dreads that's one of the things i wanted to get because i didn't have a lot of it i still shit, struggle shit. with it now but i had to have a lot of it and my mom yeah. said the other day she was like your hair looks pretty she's like ain't gonna lie i didn't want you i didn't want long hair you know she's like i, I didn't want you having long yeah. hair you know we from the country yeah. a man yeah. should have his hair cut yeah and she was like but you know you stuck in with it she's like and i tried to do it and i couldn't even wait and she was yeah. just like you did it you know and yeah. this is seven years in the game mm-hmm. seven years no haircut. Mm. Wanted to cut it many times. Mm. And I think a lot of times, like I said, it, it the hair, you could use the, the little red hen story. It correlates over you to keep, real life. You keep oh, being yeah. the little red hen, man. Shit, at the end of the day, whenever you eat, mm-hmm. everybody's going to have a hand yeah. out. But nobody, Remember I was there? That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Remember I was there? No, I was oh, there. People, people love to say that <laughs> yeah. shit. Don't forget Don't the little forget people. Don't forget the little people. <laughs> Listen, if I'm ever up on the, a bridge on 635, would you forget me? Yeah, that's real. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, you. that's fair. But I just think it's, 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 it's so, it's so many times I, I have stories to tell about certain things and then a lot of times you know it, it's kind of like where you be like damn I don't want to say nothing to really rough or no feathers yeah. I don't want to say nothing to fuck with nobody but how can you make examples or how can you be real and tell a story to people who are listening to this mm-hmm. podcast if you don't give personal experience so yeah. has has doing this and look, look watch, watch this transition I've been on radio so has doing this contributed to any of your depression shit yeah you see that damn transition that. I've that been on radio like, I, I, like I've been on radio did you see the <laughs> But but the shit was good. It was. I looked at the time. I said, "Hey, let's." Yeah, that's the great. That's Nigga, you messing up the damn yeah. transition with yeah. all of the, the no. accolades. Can but, we? I, but I need y'all to Can see. We? Get off your dick. I need y'all, y'all to see. Can we? I just need y'all to see how good that shit was. That was that was amazing. So has any of this? <laughs> and the reason he's saying that because mm-hmm. we did want to talk about depression in the black yeah. community and a lot of times where it comes from and acknowledging it. But mm-hmm. even to answer that question, it has. Yeah. You know, uh, I actually went to the doctor 
a couple of weeks ago and they were like, oh, you know, your cholesterol is high. And I'm like, shit, I work out four times a week. Yeah. I'm running. I don't eat like shit, really. And, you know, mm-hmm. I may have a couple of days where I eat what I want, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, are you stressing over anything? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's hit me a little bit. And then my eye had been twitching. I wear glasses now, not just for show, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were like, you got to take some of this pressure off yourself. Yeah. They was like, yeah, we're not a therapist, so we can't tell you how to do this, but whatever you need to do, take the pressure off yourself, which is why I closed out the group meet, you know, mm, and then yeah. I made sure I reached out to certain people and I said, hey, I'm going to leave it up to you. Yeah. If you want to reach out to me, you want to be here, you be here. Mm-hmm. But at some point, people, like you said, people don't know sitting up stressing. If yeah. I'm if I'm being totally honest, because like I say, my whole thing about coming in 2016 was being vulnerable. I was working the other day. Well, no, this is March, probably the beginning of February. I was driving. And me and Arteezy was talking. And I'm not going to lie. I was crying. I was in McKinney. I was just sitting in my truck crying. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I can't keep doing this shit. I can't keep carrying everybody. And then when I do have something to say, Mm -hmm. they feel like I'm being mean. They feel like I'm being rude. But you ain't did shit. Do you see what you've done? You promised to pay. You didn't pay shit. Mm -hmm. You promised to show up. You didn't fucking show up. You promised to contribute. You didn't contribute. You said I didn't tell you. Screenshot. I did tell your ass. Yeah. So it gets to say screenshot. I got. (laughs) So it's one of them points where you got to get to and you got to say, you know what? I got to take care of me because while I'm sitting out here crying, when I'm sitting out here spending fifteen grand to to help push this movement forward, while I'm coming up with the ideas, while I'm creating creating the goddamn content, but I'm still saying this is done by this person. This is done by that person. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this help I can't keep giving fucking credit to credit where credit ain't exactly. fucking do yeah it's, I'm done and it's toxic it's like, fuck it's yeah, very it's toxic, toxic. You like you feel there, that shit there are times when you just gotta like just be okay with cutting people you have off. to be and see what what you if you don't cut them off you'll be angry at them and it's it doesn't bother it doesn't them bother mm-hmm. it's chilling. like it's like you drinking poison hoping that they die mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're not mm-hmm. you will but they won't yeah. it, it's it's a depression it, it's real it's real my mom went through depression when I was a kid I'll never forget she went through depression hell her ass hallucinated too nobody knew this shit you know I ain't know how to deal with it as a kid you know I'm watching my mama say some old crazy outlandish shit and I'm like ooh <laughs> shit yeah. like yo who <laughs> i never forget and it's, it's, it wasn't even to be funny but i never forget going into my parents bedroom and my mom said ooh the lady in the big black hat coming to get us I was like who the fuck is the lady <laughs> Yeah. I don't I don't know if I want to go. Nigga, you're right. I was like, "Mama, what's she driving?" Like, oh, no. <laughs> not what she driving. You know, and and it was, you know, I didn't understand her depression and then I got in it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand mine and I didn't want to tell anybody I was depressed. Yeah. You know, I'm a man. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to tell you somebody, don't. "Man, I got something wrong with me." Uh, you know, or or say, "Hey man, I'm depressed. You think you can help?" Mm-hmm. When, when it makes I, you feel weak, man. It makes me <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I did. I called uh I left church. It was a Wednesday night. Uh went to Bible study and I was already feeling down um god has dealt with me in these past four years see my ex-wife thinks that oh you left me and now your life is great and that no bitch i when i left (laughs) i don't mean that i don't i don't don't reference her like that in a negative light and i understand the word can be negative however i mean that shit no bitch it is (laughs) (laughs) let me apologize but let you know i'm not sorry yeah 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 no bitch uh (laughs) 
what happened was I got a, a, a head start on getting punished yeah. by God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the depression was part of that. And so I went to church that Wednesday night. You know, I'm a grown-ass man staying at home with my parents. You know, not that it was a bad thing, but I was paying for a house in Houston. So I also needed somewhere to stay because I wasn't living with you. So now I'm at home with my parents in the back room, the room that I grew up in. It ain't like they got a little bitty house. It's a nice house, but it's still at 30, <laughs> 30 some years old. I'm at home with my yeah, mom and my yeah, daddy. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm and I got a and I got a woman. Yeah. And you know, how did what that look like? And so now living at home with them, not having a job, my career is kinda is up and down. Just moved back from L from LA. Things aren't going great, right? So now one Wednesday night I'm at church and the depression kicked in in overdrive. Overdrive. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's overdrive. So when I left the church, I was even more depressed. I was like, "Yo, this is sad." And I was driving on I thirty. We on we close to thirty right now, but yeah. in Texas County, the speed limit is a uh, seventy and then sixty five. And I, I'll never forget driving. And I was doing about thirty to thirty five, trying to figure out how did I want to end my life. Do I want to run into this pillar? Mm-hmm. Do I want to hit another car? Do I want to just, you know, go as fast as I can and then just flip my vehicle? What? Yeah. Do you, how, how do you? How, how do you want to? How do you want to do it, Derek? And in, in that instant, and I knew something was wrong. I was kind of crying a little bit, but you know, I'm not the crying type. And so I said, "Man, I don't, I don't have anybody I can call and tell them I'm having these suicidal ass thoughts." You know, and I, I don't even like the fact that I'm having suicidal thoughts. That's not me. I didn't grow up like this. That ain't, that ain't how I was raised. And so what I did was I called the suicide hotline. Worst mistake I've ever made. <laughs> oh no, is it bad? Oh, it's fucking terrible. Oh no. Let me tell you, when I called the suicide hotline, the lady picks up and they put me on hold. Shut up. Shut up. Are you serious? They put me on hold for 18 minutes. Shut up. By the Are time, you serious? Listen, it was bad and it was good. By the time she got back to the phone, I forgot what I was mad you about. Like, I was just I'm mad good. that this yeah. bitch is, he put me on hold for 18 minutes and I sat here and waited. <laughs> and so when she came back, she was like, thank you for calling the uh, Suicide Hotline. Maybe that was her tactic, you. though. Not, not that's what she sounded like, though. The, what she thank you for like? calling the Suicide Hotline. <laughs> I can I help you? I was like, and this is exactly what I said. I said, hey, hey, bitch, you put me on hold for 18 minutes. <laughs> this is the, this yeah, this is suicide. She's talking about, okay, so you ain't kill yourself. I said, bitch, where is your supervisor? She okay. said, where your gun? I was like, you know Shut what? You no, got a point, you bitch. Lying. Are you serious? You we'll lying. Never he making jokes. <laughs> I don't know if he's I don't know if he is or not. Wait, no. I will never forget this night because right I was com- I was coming over 249 and I was going, this bitch actually put me on hold. The suicide hotline. Put me on hold. Golly. They have hold music. <laughs> Fuck do the suicide hotline need with whole music. Maybe it's a tactic. Maybe it, maybe it was a high suicide night. Oh I don't gosh. know. Maybe they did, they didn't have enough. Maybe somebody called in. Because, you know, I don't know what was going on. But I, I was put on hold. And that night, I'll never forget it. I went to my parents' house. I went in. I went inside. My mom has all these medicines, and I went upstairs. I was like, "Hey, um, you mind if I get some of your medicine? I just really need to sleep good." Yeah. And I took a bunch of pills. She didn't see how much shit I had. Yeah. I had a, like a handful of pills that, you know, I was gonna just, I was just gonna pop them, man, and just go on and wake up in heaven or wherever I was going. And so, <laughs> yeah, because you know, you kill yourself. You know, in the church they tell you you're going to hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's I had those say. pills, and I went into my room, and I put them on the dresser, and I stripped out of my clothes, and I had on a wife beater and some and some boxer briefs. That's that's what I wear. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> Calvin Klein. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fruit of the Loom. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm basic. You understand me? I'm basic. Ain't no polos or nothing. Uh, <laughs> and so I stripped down to that, and I and it was dark in my room, and I began to pray. And as I was praying, I started cussing. 
was cussing hard. Yeah. All the hard cusses talking to God. And um, and I knew that wasn't right. I didn't even say amen. I just got up and I said, I can't do this. This is not this is not prayer. Yeah. And I went in the living room and my dad was sitting at his computer and he was um he was, you know, working. And I'm in my draw still, you know, and I'm thirty three. And I touched my dad on the shoulder and I said, Will you please pray for me? And mm. I broke down and I yelled and I screamed and I hollered. Mm. That was that was probably one of my lowest points. And from that moment on my dad knew I was in depression. I never got it clinically diagnosed, yeah. but we knew I was in I depression. I mean, you don't, but and you don't need it. Yeah. So how did you deal with it if you didn't get it clinically diagnosed? Well, the what my dad, uh, he dealt with it with my mom. See, mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah, yeah. what he told me is he said, you know, he told me it was a dark spirit. Depression mm-hmm. is dark. The only thing that that uh, gets rid of darkness is what light. Light. Mm-hmm. So now you know, dark room. Flip the lights on. Mm-hmm. The darkness is gone. Yeah. So my dad would do things to get me around him and his friends and, mm. and I didn't want to be and I'd be back there in the bed laying down don't yeah. want to get out the bed and you know I ain't spending no money I might go in there and get a little something to eat out the refrigerator but I ain't I don't want to go anywhere I don't want to be mm. around anybody my relationship is failing me you know mm. I don't have the money that I need I don't even know how to get out of this fucking hole that I've dug for myself and other people that seem like they're throwing dirt on me like I don't know how to do this and my yeah. dad reached his hand out and he was like son it's okay you know and he would come in the room and he'd be like son you don't have any money do you and I'd be like daddy I'm fine like yo you doing enough like you got a roof over my head I'm good to go yeah. I ain't have money to send to my son as a man I want to send my son money you know to yeah. take care of him my father would give me, you know, $50, $100, and then he'd also send my son money for me, and he never once made me feel as if, though, I was anything less than a man. Mm-hmm. And by the time I started coming out of it, I was able to do for my son, I was able to do for myself. And then one day, I just looked up, and I was out of depression. Wow. And I began to be the man that mm-hmm. I wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is, we all talking about in the past year to maybe mm-hmm. year and a half that yeah. I've been out of depression. Yeah. It ain't that, it ain't that long ago. Yeah. You said your father was a minister, right? Yeah, my father's a pastor. So, one of the things that I find like that's a, that's a enc- very encouraging story to hear and I'm sure that there are listeners who can um, appreciate that story one of the things that I find in the church that I appreciate that your dad didn't do is they're like oh just pray it out pray it out but just pray it out you're gonna be alright you know he actually took like yes pray I mean like the book of James talks about if somebody hungry and you don't give him a sandwich like you're, you know what I'm saying pray like don't, don't pray for him yeah. Yeah. give him something to eat and so he was exactly he yeah. was very intentional about what he did very. you know and I'm sure he was praying for you yeah. I'm sure he yeah. was but yeah. he was very intentional about making sure that his feet matched what he was believing for you my, my father is you know I have I have uh, people that I look up to in comedy like I really look up to Earthquake Michael Collier these are friends that are also stars that you know I can call I can call and, and just hold a conversation just like right now and we talk let's meet up we'll just meet in LA and just kick it mm-hmm. I, out of anybody in this world I've always wanted to be like my father yeah Always, even at the times where his integrity wasn't where maybe it should have been. Mm-hmm. I want to be like my father. Even to this day, the man that he is, that's it. my father's a great provider. He's a great friend. He's a great husband. He's a great, he's a great everything. And not to make my daddy seem like better than anybody else's daddy. Mm-hmm. My daddy is, he, he is a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my daddy is a man. Yeah. I want to be a man like my daddy is. Mm-hmm. 
square business. That's that's what I want to be because I want my son to to feel that way about me, like I yeah. feel about my daddy. Like yeah. that's how I want to live. Everything my dad has done, I try to do. Other than preach, I don't want to preach. I don't want. I want to preach. <laughs> too much Other pressure. Than, yeah. uh, it ain't even the pressure. I just don't even get, nah, see the Lord. Too much pressure. No pressure. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It ain't oh. even. The, see, the people always go, "You gonna preach? God gonna call you to preach?" And I called my daddy one day and I said, "You know, God called me to preach," and he was happy. I said, "But he called back and said he had the wrong number." <laughs> so, so, nigga, I ain't doing it, you know. But the person in the black community is real, and it's something that we have to deal with. But we don't deal with it because we're so macho. Yeah, yeah. It, we're 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 too macho to do it. And then women get depressed, and then it's you know, oh, she's a bitch. No, she's not, sir. Yeah. She's depressed. She's going yeah. through some shit. She's going through some things, and you don't know how to uh, help her through it, and how to love her through where she's at. Yeah. You can't make her get out. Nobody can make you get out of depression. It's it because I. It was many mornings I woke up and told myself I'm happy I was Kirk Franklin before Kirk Franklin came out there I just want to be happy mm-hmm. like I woke up yeah. many days going yeah. I just want to be happy how come I can't just make me happy yeah. yeah but you stuck you are stuck in that hole and it just takes time over time yeah. begin you begin to come out of it but it's just it's over time and then one day you wake up and you're just you're out but I think if you don't, <clears throat> I think if you don't address it, is the dangerous part. Yeah. And I can say that for myself to a point to where it would be days where I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm yeah. tired." Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought about killing myself, but I always did think about just being like, just disappearing where nobody knew where I was at, mm-hmm. nobody knew where I was going. But the next day, I would wake up and, like he said, it would still be there. But I'd be like, you know what? I don't feel this shit. This is just this is nothing. Yeah. And what happens yeah. is it goes, it comes, it goes, it comes Boy, because you, you never it because you never address it. And it's like yeah. if you don't address, I have an issue. What is the issue? How to get it away from me? How did it get it from around me? And then literally, you may be depressed today. You may be less depressed tomorrow. Then it may and it starts to fade away, like you said, when you actually address it head on, get rid of the shit, and understand that everybody's life is different. And the story that you told about being at home, I know guys at home now. You know what I'm saying with their parents, and I've had people. You know, guys talk to me, and I'm like, bro, you got to do what you got to do. Do you have a plan, yeah. or are you just sitting <laughs> up over there? Yeah. Or if you just sitting yeah. up over there and you ain't doing shit and you ain't trying to do you shit, and you feel sorry. Then you, yes, yeah. that's what you are. But if you don't have, if you got a plan mm-hmm. and you're working that plan and you're yeah. honest with that plan and mm-hmm. you're intentional, and even if you decide to date, a lot of people say, "Oh, don't date." Why you? I'm not gonna say don't. You just need to make sure you have somebody to understand you and make sure that you can carry that relationship from a, your, you know, from your. Do you know that's side. one of the reasons why I can't cheat on my girl? I only have enough money to cheat on. Me. <laughs> 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 I can't even afford. Take, I can't take you out and take me out. Yeah, I can't. Listen, I got, I got enough money for one. Now, if you want it, I'm, I'm good. He I'm said good. he positioned straight over there. Yeah, if you if you want it, I got enough for us. Like I can. Like right now, I have enough to go out and support a home. I actually mm-hmm. do. I have enough. Yeah. My my. Fa- I wanted to work at Cooper Tire. You know, back home, you work Ain't Cooper Tire. To do Cooper Tire, Red River, Red River, Georgia Pacific, Georgia Pacific, or teacher, or and so and so. I've tried to get jobs at those places. Mm-hmm. Each time it was blocked. And I talked to my father about it, you know, being a man, you know, in Texas County, that's what men do. Yeah. Yeah. You work at these places. That if a woman find out your ass work at Cooper Tire, you, you got them. You can have white, black, really? or Hispanic. You <laughs> Guaranteed. You got them. And she know, and she know you're going to work. And she knows you're going to work. Now, my father told me several times, he said, son, you don't even need that job. And I'm going, dad, I'm staying at your house. Yeah. You damn right I need that job. Like, I, I don't want to disrespect your house. Yeah. But I want my own stuff. And my father said, son, 
it, what his word was Everything is copacetic You keep doing what you're doing As long as you're taking care of your son And I see that you're not squandering money And you ain't coming in here with some rims on your damn truck And you know You always got new clothes but Buying you ain't, with a purpose You know what I mean Buying with a And you ain't You ain't spent no money on no bills And you just tricking and everything Then we'll have a problem He said But you are working on your dream A lot of yeah. people don't get a chance to do that mm-hmm. And to have a support See what I'm saying That's a, that's a father Yeah no, To you're have right. a supportive yeah. father like that and I don't I, I didn't I've never felt like I've used mm. them you know I walk in the house sometimes with some money or water cash and be like what's up daddy and we'll shake his hand and he be like what's, what's this and he don't even want it what's yeah. this I be like just just, just take, take it. it just take it, take it. it's it, for me him and, him and my mother they go out to eat at the Outback all the time they're at Outback at least four days a week some yeah. days I know that they're up there after church service and he'll say son come on eat with me and people from the church use my father mm. they use him they want to pass the kingdom gonna pay for everything and I walk in there and he'll say son y'all sit on down no, I don't want to sit down and I hand him $50. What's this for? Let's take care of you and mama's meal. Yeah. Just, you know, to show him, man, I appreciate you. Yeah. You looking out for me, but I, I don't want, I know you don't think this is a free ride and mm-hmm. I ain't trying to look for one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I talk about that same thing like in dating though, like going back, you know, we're talking about, like, yes, when we want a man who is financially secure and who can say, baby, I got this. But I also think that it's so important for a woman to be like, you know what? I see the work that you're doing. Now I see that you're pouring. Let, let me just do this. Let me just do this for you. And so that way, because I'm sure that, that makes your father feel like, man, let me do so much more for him. You, you know what really I'm saying? Single? Like, <laughs> like I, I, hey, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't talk to Ortiz, and I'd be like, I don't see how. Yeah. I don't, I don't see. Yeah, because she be, she say all the right shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, she say all the right stuff. I see it in her. Say all the right stuff, and then as soon as he approach her, no, you know what? Uh, I'm Whatever. good. Nah, she do be giving some niggas a chance. Like I've been, how long yeah. I've been? Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, it's just yeah. a lot of fuck niggas. Man, it's a lot of fuck oh niggas in there. But see, but see, yeah. a man, you got to know. You know, here's here's what you have to know. You have to know the level that you. If I'm a, if I'm a, if in the dating pool, mm-hmm. if I'm a seven, mm-hmm. I can't go get a ten. Unless I have ten qualities, yeah. Now I can pull all the sixes, the fives, the four. I can pull all the motherfuckers. I might be able to even get eight. Let's just take if I'm a five in the dating pool mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten. Nines don't look at me. Mm-hmm. Seven is about as good as I can do. Yeah. You got to know your level because if an ugly, it, it, even in physical beauty, if I'm, I think I'm a facially, mm-hmm. I'm a eight. Mm-hmm. Body wise, we probably yeah a little on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but facially, so the makeup give me about six seven. You know what I mean? Like the total, <laughs> the total, the average. You got to, you yeah, got to go with your average. But you, honest, <laughs> but you honest. But I'm honest yeah. with who you I honest. am. I know niggas out here that they, they don't. They they don't. They yeah, not. Yeah. And so and so they. What was that, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> niggas is like niggas is really like a four, Man, but they searching they, for they, ten. Yeah. And I'm they, like, well, they, how you gonna make up for that? Them them six and seven points, nigga. You got to work like a thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, you, you got understand to. what I'm saying to make up for that. And so yeah. in dating, I found. Listen, this now this might sound crazy. I didn't know this at first, but do you know the whole time I've been staying with my folks, my girlfriend lived with her folks. Really, motherfucker, mm-hmm. this is perfect. We both ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> we both ain't shit. We got two you know minutes I mean? left, bro. <laughs> we both ain't shit. And so you have to date within your parameters. Yeah. You got to know. Like, mm-hmm. if you you have been to the bar and a, and a three look at you, you be like, bitch, you look down there for yeah. Bitch, you a <laughs> what three. What you look down there for Yeah, bitch, you a three. And she girl, be, yeah, but sometimes I can look at a girl and be like, yeah, I let her give me head. I'd probably just fuck. I'd fuck and get head. Uh, I could date her. Maybe a relationship if I know what she, Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Sexually, my standards yeah. have been low. <laughs> 
I don't I mean can't. I don't I don't mean this. Listen, Shell, listen. What I, what I'm saying is there was a time where I was homeless. Mm-hmm. See how much time we got. And I would knock off something in order, order to get a meal or yeah. a nice bed to live in. Thank you. Damn, that's that's I hate that's real though. That's real. And I think for me, so it's not necessarily that I that I like, oh, I think I'm a this number. I don't even know like where I would put myself Oh, you, on oh, you have. Oh, oh no. you, you think about it long enough. Your ass can, you be like, oh, you know what? You know, if I, if, if I, I did this, I if I. I think that I can. No, I mean, but I think like for me, like when guys approach me, like if you, if you're coming at me like with respect and integrity, I'm going to at least sit down and listen. listen you know what, what I'm saying? saying? And give you, give you the opportunity of conversation. Well, respectfully, my name is Derek Keener. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, baby. I'm joking, baby. Baby, I'm joking. I swear to God. I'm so playing. before we get ready he to go, my booty on break, where, they can, where, can, booty on break. where can they find he, he didn't. <laughs> okay, we got to go. Where can, they, where can they find you at, man? Everything is Derek Keener. D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Last name is K-E-E-N-E-R. That's what I am on Facebook. That's what I am on um, on Instagram, Twitter. And I think um, I think it's Derek Keener or Derek So Funny 1 on Snapchat. I just started snapping. So yeah, I need to get on that. Snapchat too. me that. <laughs> and also you can look at some of his YouTube videos on uh, just search Derek Keener on YouTube also if you like the show check us out on Facebook follow us on The Reality Is that's T-H-A The Reality Is on Facebook Instagram and what else are we on we gotta be out of here right now at 55 yeah and then I know they won't give them five minutes and then also hit us up at www.therealityis.com and also remember inhale courage to excel success and we'll be back on next week y'all have a good one yeah I'm up right now, got drink in my cup right now. Dank in my blunt right now, I can't give a fuck right now. Game need change, I turn that bitch upside down. I'm curious, all of a sudden you wanna fuck, why now? Oh, why, why? All of a sudden you wanna fuck, why now? Can't even lie, I wanna fuck right now. Hands down in the shirt up right now. Case, I didn't know. I said, I'm a great role model, like I'm a father figure. I didn't know. <laughs> I saw her walk up. I said, well, shit. Well, if he need a Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's The Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's The Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.